welcome to the Lansing Area Church of Christ's weekly message podcast. If you'd like to learn more about LACC, please visit us online at lansingchurch.org. This week, Josh Lutz preached another sermon in the God's World Created series titled Light and Darkness. Everybody, good morning, good morning. That is who you are. He's light in the darkness. Uh, we sung a lot of songs about light uh, today in darkness. Don't know if you noticed that or not. Hopefully so. Sometimes the theme, it's hard to you know, grab a couple of songs that really fit. But uh, today I had to cut a bunch out uh, because we're talking about light and darkness. And that's our theme for this service. You know, what do you feel when you hear music like this? Here, turn that up a little bit, John. A little bit more. Come on. What are you feeling? Take note. It stirs within you a certain kind of feeling when you hear that theme, right? Something bad is coming. And I don't want to open up those corridors and find out what's on the other side. No, I'm probably going to get blasted. (laughs) I know. But what about if we were to play a, a theme like this? Let's play the next one. Maybe a little bit of a little bit of hope. A new hope, perhaps. Yeah. You gotta crank that, Micah. Come on, man. These go louder than that. <laughs> I should just start reading the passage over this in the beginning. God created the heavens. That's good. That's good. Okay, we'll go to the next one. So today we're talking about light and darkness, and these themes, uh, even musical themes, are pervasive throughout our our culture. Every story's got to have light and dark. Any good character has a little bit of good and a little bit of oh, are their motives really all the way pure and right? I don't, I don't know. That makes a character interesting, right? And even the bad guys, they're not just all bad for the sake of being bad, but they, there's some reason, there's some flip side. There's this battle, there's this light and darkness. And of course, we see the beginnings of this as a spiritual concept on the very first pages of Scripture. The metaphor begins right in Genesis 1, and that's a little bit about what we're going to talk about today, and then we're going to see how it shows up in some other places in Scripture as well. We want to examine light and darkness as a spiritual concept that can help us reframe our walk with God. Hopefully you uh, heard that podcast and you're already on board with me and know where we're going, so let's go there together though in Genesis 1, and I'll start reading 1 through 6. This is in the beginning. I kind of want to backtrack and just play the music over it. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. 
If we skip down a little bit to verse 14. And God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. And let them be signs for the seasons and for days and years. And let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights. The greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth. To rule over the day and over the night and to separate the light from the darkness. God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. We actually read that uh, section last week as well as we're talking about seasons and rhythms. And God being a God of seasons and rhythms. But today we're going to focus more on this aspect of light and dark. And I actually want to challenge us because it's not actually as black and white as we might think. This interchange, this relationship between the dark and the light is a little bit more complex than that. And so we're going to maybe try to reframe how we even look at this. The darkness uh, was created by God too. He created the light, but he made this that he made two distinct things, and we want to talk about that. So we're going to talk about, first, let there be light. You know, God is a God of light, and when we sing that, you know, he is a God of light, and we, all of these songs obviously place God in that light, uh, that's, that's something that we understand, and we're familiar with it, and we see it all over Scripture. Uh, it was important to all different writers. Uh, John the Apostle talked about it as he talked about Jesus coming onto the scene here in the book of John. If you go to the first pages of, of, uh, of the Gospel of John, you, let's go there together in John chapter 1. And I'm going to begin to read here. Um, I'm not going to read all of these passages, but I think it's important for us to see uh, how John uses light as he's describing the coming of Jesus. This is familiar, you know, for a reason. I think he starts in this way for a reason. But in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word, wa- sorry, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was, uh, man, he was in the, in, he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him, uh, was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. John describes Jesus coming as light. Further on, when we get to John 3, when we start talking about sin, look at verse 19, it says, And this is the judgment. Light has come into the world, and the people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. Now, so we, we now have evil placed in this relationship or this metaphorical relationship with sin. And when we come into the light, it's part of conf- confessing the, the darkness that is within us. Uh, verse 20 says, For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come into the light, lest his work should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen and his works have been carried out in God. Then as we continue the relationship, you know, the, the relationship of continuing to be a disciple, John later in his letter of first, you know, what we call first John, uh, he talks about walking in the light. So it's not just enough to come into the light once and to expose the darkness, but to continue walking in it. 
verses 5 through 7, says, This is the message that we heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in the darkness, we lie and we don't practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So coming into the light, um, exposing darkness, the darkness of sin, this is, this is uh, a form of grace. Um, we get to see that as we come from the dark into the light, that God is there to bless that decision. And Jesus is a light that dawns like the, 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 the setting sun or like, a, like the north star that we can follow and we can see him in that light. As Jesus, in his own ministry, uh, is beginning to teach, uh, we could look at Matthew chapter 4, and we can see that light shows up here as well. As Jesus is beginning his ministry, I'm not going to read this whole section, but I want to pick up in verse 16. It says, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. For those dwelling in that region, in the shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. And from that time on, when Jesus began to preach, he began preaching, saying what? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so the whole beginning of, the, of his ministry, it's equated with the dawning of a great light, that people were in darkness, but no longer now that Jesus has come. He didn't just come, though, as a spotlight for sin and just to show us what was wrong, but rather as the guiding light that we could follow, and He would illuminate the way for us to go ourselves. This idea goes beyond John and beyond uh, Jesus. Now, as Paul is, is, is writing and teaching, and we're figuring out how do we live out discipleship with the Holy Spirit to guide the way, what do we do? Paul writes to the Philippians these ideas in Philippians two fourteen through 16. He says, Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you, what? You shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. So Paul says, the way that you're going to stick out The way that you're going to be in the world is just like Jesus, actually. You're going to be a light that shines in the dark places of this crooked and twisted generation. And I think that that applies to us as well. So when you decide to not complain or you decide uh, to to do what Jesus would do instead of maybe what your flesh or the, the darkness within you wants to do, you end up shining like a star in the universe. And that points us back to the very beginnings of all things, that God himself made the sun and the moon and the stars. As he's making creation, he made them to shine. And so we too, as we're made in the image of God, should shine as we're obeying him in his ways. This is an easy sell for us to talk about God and light and Jesus and following the light of Jesus. I love how we began our service this morning. It's one of the earliest songs that you learn as a little kid, you know, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. That's, that's the core of what it is to be a, a disciple, to be a Christian, is to let your light shine like Jesus. But what about this other aspect, um, embracing the darkness? 
that becomes a little bit of a new concept for us. And maybe you're even saying, what? What are you talking about? We just read passages that say we should get away from darkness and expose the darkness. And, you know, we though, we should admit, um, maybe our viewpoint of this is a little bit too simplistic. You could have kind of like a caveman attitude towards it, like light, good, dark, bad, right? And then just simplify it. And but, but Scripture, we know, life, we know, is way more nuanced than that, right? And there's more to say. Even in Genesis 1, the light is good, and you know what? The dark is good too. Evening is good. The nighttime is good. Good stuff happens in the evening. The morning is good, but evening is too. The sun governs the day, but God didn't just leave the night to govern itself. He put the moon and the stars to govern the night. And God's governance of the night is also good. It's just different. It's just different than the light. Now, of course, uh, this doesn't mean that this is an excuse for us to hide what is sin in us or to stay in the dark in that sense of the metaphor. We know that the metaphor can be used in different ways, and that's what we're trying to do right now. You know, for everything that is good, for all of the light that should shine, let that light shine, let it shine. Don't put a bushel over it or whatever. Does anybody have a bushel? I don't know. <laughs> Hide it under a bushel? No, because I don't have one and don't know what that is, right? <laughs> let it shine. Amen. Let it shine. But there is a place for darkness in Scripture and in our lives. There's a design for it, and it can be used appropriately and uh, in the way that God intended. God works through inevitable darkness in our lives. Sometimes, uh, and if it hasn't happened to you yet, perhaps it's coming soon or will happen in the near future for you, but sometimes our greatest times are growth, of growth are what we would maybe on the outside call dark times or troubled times or uncertain times or times where we're in the wilderness. These aren't times where you feel like it's easy to be in a bright and cheery disposition. The reality is that a lot of life could be defined as times of trouble and times of darkness. That's a dark time. We all together went through, uh, you know, 2020 and the year, you know, a couple of years here that have followed. Uh, if you've made it to today, <laughs> hey men, you made it through. But that was a dark time. It was, a, it was hard. But you know what? It exposed some things. It helped, I'm sure, you learn some lessons that you wouldn't have learned had you not gone through that circumstance. You learned some things about yourself. I learned some things about myself. I'm sure that that's the case for you. But God works through these inevitable times of darkness. And so are you okay with that? Are you surrendered to that? Are you okay with it in yourselves and in other people that sometimes we're going to go through those times? I'm going to hit a bunch of other scriptures that can maybe help us see this even more clearly. In Hebrews, as we go through what is referred to sometimes as the hall of faith, and we, we see these these great giants of the faith, we know that if we were to go through any one of their stories, each and every one of them have incredible difficulty in their journey. 
Actually, I think that that's why that those guys are there. (laughs) Because when we read their stories, we relate to the hard times that they went through. And we say, yeah, that's it. That's, that's, that is actually faith. To have something difficult happen and to come out on the other side trusting in God more than you did before. To say, God, I, I know that in this dark, difficult time, you can pull me through. In the book of Psalms, as we, we, uh, you know, read Psalm 23, one of the most famous of Psalms, or one of the most famous Psalms, true trust, we see, happens when? In the darkest valley, even though I walk, even though I will walk (laughs) through the valley of this darkness, there you are with me. We see this uh, in, in the New Testament, too, here with uh, Paul writing to the Romans. And I, I will read this, this whole section here, 24 through 26. It says, For in this hope we were saved. Now, hope uh, that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. What's going on here? Well, you don't hope for the things that you already see that are already happening. I mean, maybe you hope that they would continue, uh, but when you're really hoping for something, you're hoping for something that is still in this shady area uh, that God has not yet revealed. You, you hope for the things that, ha- that are literally in the darkness right, <laughs> right now. We, we hope for these things that God would reveal them. It, it shows us in, in, in the uncertainty that we shouldn't give up, that we should trust in God, and actually it's the only way to navigate through those times of uncertainty. Just imagine, imagine Abraham as he's praying under the stars. And God's telling him, yeah, you're going to be a great nation. And look up at the stars. By the way, he's, he's using darkness to illustrate a promise that he's going to deliver to him later on. But so he's out in the darkness. He's looking up at the stars. And God's saying, look, it up, look up at all these stars. Yet yeah, you're going to have a family like that. Like you're going to have so many descendants that it's going to be like the stars. If you can even count them. And so God's using that. But Abraham couldn't see any of that and in his own lifetime only saw a minuscule realization of that promise embodied. Picture any of your other uh, heroes in the faith. Uh, Jacob, as he's wrestling, oh, by the way, all night with God. Imagine Jesus and as he's in, you know, he's waking up early uh, while it's still dark to be with the Lord. As he's praying, then even at the end of his life, in the darkest of night, in the garden. The truth is, God shows up in those dark times in unique ways that he doesn't show up in in other times, in the light. And we've got to be okay with that. It is part of a holistic, spiritual approach to life, to recognize God in the darkness. And I think that we need more of this in our life. This last uh, point that I want to talk about is being uh, blinded by the light. Okay, not no, no more no more musical cues uh, for this uh, for this sermon. So, <laughs> not going to play it. Uh, not going to sing it. It's very tempting, but 
You know, we can go one step too far with being in the light. Don't take that metaphor in the wrong way. I'm not saying, you know, you should limit how spiritual you should try to be or whatever, but we have to be careful, okay? What are we saying? What happens, (laughs) well, I don't know if it happens to you, but it certainly happens to me. If I'm out in the sun too long, I get burnt up, uh, and it doesn't take very long for this to happen to me. Sometimes I'm surprised It'll just be a really bright day in the middle of winter, and I'm shoveling or something, and I get tricked because I think it's negative 10 degrees outside, and I'm not going to put on sunscreen, but I start shoveling snow, and then I get hot, and so I take off my hat, and I take off my coat, and my arms somehow get sunburnt out in the winter. What? No, okay, this, this happens, okay. You can be exposed to the sun for too long, and it will burn you up. When you do that in the sun, physically, that's what happens. You get a sunburn, and that hurts. Now, spiritually, this is not so different. Uh, Too much light leads to you getting spiritually burnt out. Here's what I mean. There is an importance to realness and authenticity with your walk with God. Not just this showy, bright disposition that everything's okay all the time, everything's cheery, everything's good, and then you don't deal with anything that is going on that is actually troubling with you in your life. Or you, you, you maybe signed up for Christianity for all the glitz and the glam of uh, the Hobby Lobby Chick-fil-A life of like everything's just good, you know. <laughs> but Christianity is way more than that, okay? There are some examples of this. So in Acts 8, and we won't read this whole story here, but in Acts 8 you see the story of Simon the sorcerer, and he was all about wanting to get the gifts of the Spirit, but he didn't so much care about having the depth of the Spirit. He wanted the glitz and the glam of being able to be like the apostles as they were able to heal people and do things that could only be explained by the power of the Holy Spirit. And you know what? He did not... He did, well, I guess we don't know 100%, but it, it was pretty clear that he was indicted as um, a charlatan by the apostles. They exposed him, and they, they, they brought his sin actually out into the light. Uh, the, the request of, of James and John and the blind beggar, you see this in Mark 10. It's, it's, it's the same question that is given in both of these accounts. When James and John come to Jesus and when the blind beggar comes, the same question is asked. Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? And in Mark 10, Jesus asks both the same question. What do you want, want, what do you want for me to do for you? But it's, it's the blind Bartimaeus who had suffered in darkness for his whole life that exposed pure motives, and he gets his request answered. Do you remember what James and John asked for? I want a seat on the right and on the left in glory. But So they, they, were, they were right there with Jesus. They saw all the miracles. They saw the healings. They were right there with him. But it was blind Bartimaeus who gets placed right next to that account so that we actually see this contrast and we say, wait a second, it's the guy who was blind in darkness who saw the
the clearest. It's an interesting uh, study if you want to look at it. And Luke uh, 2, well, 1 through 14, we, 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 we've got this season coming up. It's upon us uh, where we can sing Silent Night and all these other things. But, but God, God knew that Jesus being born right there in the night, in the manger, that was, that's, that's the way that Jesus uh, and the, the God, I mean, He was going to come to us and communicate to us the greatest um, the greatest way to live, the starting in a lowly way, in the dark, in the dark of the night, in the manger, and yet again, you know, God still He lights up the skies with the star guiding the guiding the guys to find Him. It's, it's really really cool, really cool things going on there. So we're, we're gonna we're gonna go, uh, go to Matthew five here to close out, and I just want to give some practical ideas before we do. Okay, you know there are. It's very likely that for some of us. Um, you project happiness and sunshine and, and bright, uh, you have a bright, sunny disposition, like I've said. But you could be concealing some darkness uh, in, you know, actually the, the, of the metaphor of, of, of sin there, okay? Uh, we don't want to mix up the metaphors, but in this case, right, you could be bright and cheery on the outside, but you're concealing some sin on the inside. In those cases, we've got to expose that darkness and bring it out into the light. You know, if you need an encouragement to do so, here's your encouragement to do so. Uh, grab a brother or a sister or a friend uh, and just say, hey, I got to talk about something. And then you just talk about that thing. Uh, find somebody that you feel safe to talk to about those things. And if you don't feel real safe about it, then you know what? Talk about not feeling safe about it with somebody so that you can build a, a relational block that is necessary for you to move to the next step spiritually, Right? And all you got to say to somebody is, hey, you know what? This is really hard for me to talk about. And I don't even know if I'm ready to talk about it all right now. But I know i got to start this conversation because I want to bring some things into the light. Have that kind of conversation and then see where it goes. God can help with that kind of humility and that kind of openness. Consider for yourself, do you feel this really deep heart, like just desire to look good on the outside? Especially when you're around people that you know expect us all to act good and be churchy at church. Well, there's a certain spiritual sickness there. And, and Jesus came to help you overcome whatever it is that you've got going on. Uh, if, you, if it's just all about the outside, but it's nothing about the spiritual disciplines on the inside, that's, that, that, that's not a place that we want to stay. Uh, certainly not for very long. And so let's talk about that as well. For some of us, it is scary uh, to think about embracing the darkness, that second point that we were talking about. I want to encourage you, though, God is a God of the darkness. He made the moonlight. He made the stars. There's something there. God wants to help you figure out how to have the right relationship with darkness in your life. How do you trust in God in the dark times? How do you treat, uh, how, how do you treat that element of your spiritual wholeness? We've got to talk about that as well. And then lastly, are you currently uh, feeling that you are experiencing a period of darkness and you felt like you have not been able to be real about that yet? Maybe it's even just to yourself. 
telling yourself the truth of, this is a hard time of life for me right now. You know, and I want to talk about that. Let's bring these kinds of conversations into the light as we are striving to be people that live in the light. Uh, I'm going to read here uh, in Matthew 5, uh, 13 through 16. It says, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, <laughs> how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except for to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city of a hill cannot, uh, cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. I want to encourage us to let our light shine. You know, before Jesus said anything about light, He begins this sermon the, the, the most famous of his sermons, the Sermon on the Mount, with the Beatitudes. And these are not all light and cheery blessings. Actually, they're really serious. Each one kind of has this upside-down happiness. It's the moonlight of our spiritual life. He talks about salt needing to stay salty. And we do. We, we need to persevere, even in the darkness, But finally, he comes here to verses 13 through 16, and he talks about letting our light shine. It's like before he's, you know, before this, he's making sure our lights are running on the right kind of energy, making sure that we understand what it really looks like to be blessed by God, because it's not all just the cheery and bright and happy stuff, but he's talking about the importance of staying fresh in your walk with God, and and this, is, this really comes to a head here when he says, let your, let your light shine. We understand now because of the Beatitudes that came before it that it's not a fake or a manufactured light. It's the light that is seen and understood when we've gone through the darkness as well. We've been ending these, uh, these, these sermons here uh, with, a, with a challenge. And so I want to give you this challenge. Uh, to choose either the light side or the dark side and, and choose the area that you want to cultivate. This isn't, you know, this isn't like choosing a red lightsaber or a green lightsaber, okay? No, this is when you're choosing to explore the moonlight or the darkness, this is what does it mean to go deeper? Uh, what does it mean to engage in a spiritual kind of rest that is, that is pleasing to God? You know, and, and talking about some of these things with the people that you know best would be a great idea to take this to the next step. I want to encourage you, don't hide your light, but remember Genesis 1. Remember that there's different kinds of light. And we all will need to shine our light in different ways. And wherever it is that you are, you're going to have to figure out how to shine your light in your circumstance. Maybe you felt like you couldn't shine it or, or, or you couldn't shine it because you couldn't do it like somebody else was doing it. But we all can glorify God in a different way. Don't hide your lamp under a bowl. Don't put it under the bed. Shine it in the way that God created for you to shine it in your own unique way, just like He created different kinds of light. Each of us has our own light. Let's let it shine. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from the Lansing Area Church of Christ. While we're happy to share this message via podcast, we'd love to pray and worship with you in person. To learn more about our services or to connect with us, please visit us at lansingchurch.org. 
Have a great week and go with God. Thank you.